0: Welcome to another episode of On The Wing Podcast with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. With the emphasis on the Quail Forever as we look out over the Charleston Harbor in Charleston, South Carolina, Uh, a group of us have been checking out Seaweed. It's another acronym for you folks out there. We'll try not to do too many acronyms, but uh, in this business... The world is filled with them, but cwe stands for the Southeast Wildlife Expo, um, and it is held annually in Charleston, South Carolina. It's kind of a combination um, art. Well, the, the, the lead is artwork, um, just some incredible artwork. There's kind of a game fair component, bird dogs, shotguns. Um, And then there's just a little bit of a farm-to-table, farmer's market component to it, uh, live animals. So we'll talk a little bit about seaweed, but the feature of this episode is um, Quail Forever and what the organization has going on in the southeastern part of the United States uh, in particular, but Quail Forever in general, and we've got uh, two of our quail... Uh, experts that uh, we have: Tim Corin, uh, director of uh, Quail Forever operations, and uh, Kenny Barker, our Southeast regional representative for the states of Florida, Georgia—not a country song, but Florida, Georgia, right. North Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina. Uh, welcome, guys. How, How you doing, doing, Bob? Good. Um, Tim, let's start with you. You you are. Um, Kind of the man in charge of uh, growing quail forever these days. Um, give give our listeners uh, in the pheasants forever and quail forever world the um, the life story of Tim Corn because you've been with with the organization just a hair longer than I have, so that means closing in on seventeen years.
1: Yeah, sure am. You know, I was uh, I was working for the Wisconsin DNR when I came to work for Pheasants Forever. At the time, I um, I I was I got to be one of the first uh, habitat specialists the organization had, and that was a great program. It's still running today, uh, hugely successful. But um, I got to come on and do habitat work full-time for the organization. It was, it was a, kind of a dream job. I had a really nice setup. I wrote some grants, got my own equipment, and went out and installed habitat for pheasants uh, for the chapters, volunteers, private landowners, as well as state and federal agencies. And it was, uh, it was amazing, and I... Um, was fortunate enough I grew up in central Illinois and when uh, the when pheasants forever um, created sister organization quail forever I I was given the opportunity to return home and become the regional wildlife biologist and uh, did that and started quail chapters all over the country and um, eventually got to be a a manager got to manage people that were um, our regional reps that were that were running chapters and starting chapters all over the country and then couple years later i got to be the director of field operations and uh, it's been a it's been a good ride and it's going really well and quail forever is growing all over the country we got good things going everywhere and uh, it's just exciting times a lot of growth and a lot of great things happening
0: so we're gonna dive in a lot on this episode into what those exciting things are happening for quail forever around the country but before we do that we're gonna throw it on over to uh, Mr. Florida Georgia Line himself. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Keddy, Welcome to Other Wing Podcast. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your backstory.
2: Yeah, you know, um, I'm going on three years with Quill forever now, and uh, it's been pretty great. At the, uh, I've got great folks to work with like Tim, and <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's been fun. I spent about eight years with the National Wild Turkey Federation, and that's kind of where I, I cut my teeth with the conservation world, and, and a little over a decade now uh, working in conservation and habitat, and uh, it's uh, it's fun, man. It's always a challenge, and, um, you know, first two years with, with you guys, uh, I had Florida, Georgia, and then I inherited the Carolinas last year, and... Uh, the growth has been spectacular and uh it's i love meeting new people <coughs> you know, going to new places and and uh doing things with these volunteers that that's gonna make a difference fifty years from now sure so it's been it's been great I appreciate you guys having me on and <laughs> keep me around a little bit longer uh f- tell us a little bit about um you know you, you
0: Good growth down here in, in in the southeast, how many chapters do do we have in each of those states and uh, what what's kind of what's kind of bubbling for you right now
2: yeah right now between the four states we've got twenty four chapters yeah. and um, you know we've got chapter starts coming up in Florida Georgia, and South Carolina you know in the next uh, six weeks so the it's it's continued growth um, you know they're getting some um, these guys just they just need they need a resource they need somebody that's going to be there when they have their event Uh, they need somebody that's going to help steer them in the in the direction uh, to help pull partners in Mm -hmm. and uh, it doesn't take a lot of uh, doesn't take a whole lot to get them going in the right direction and uh, from that we've been able to you know even do different different types of fundraising not your typical um, banquets and things like that and uh, it's been it's been fun i'm growing with these guys as they're growing and uh we've got a, a all new level of excitement down here and and uh we've got some new positions coming on in in georgia and south carolina and uh hopefully things are going to feel like more of a, a team down here yeah. we'll we'll have some folks to lean on and, and help grow it
0: well although we do have quite a bit of farm bill biologist growth down here now. yeah
2: it's it that's exploding right now yeah. and that's really a testament to the work that that tim and his crew is doing and uh, it's a testament to the region and uh, the opportunities that are coming about and i'm really excited about it so so i want to get to that
0: in a, <coughs> just a second but it, you talked about um some of the chapters down here are doing things beyond banquets and one of them just happened the albany quail invitational one of our strongest chapters on the quail forever side in the entire country get give listeners um you know kind of a, a look inside of that event because it's so
2: unique yeah it's, it's pretty incredible and i will say that chapter you know is the uh it's our our 2018 Quill forever chapter of the year and uh, there's a reason for that you know this this event that they do down in albany is is um is they bring people in from all over the country uh, plantations in southwest georgia provide hunting opportunities for these folks to come in it's a it's a major fundraiser and then they turn right back around and and they make you know they cut big checks out to the uh, the Florida Georgia quail coalition the Georgia Department of Natural Resources to uh to put that that those dollars back into the ground and uh, I can't say enough about those guys they're uh, they lead by example and um you know the that that event is uh you know they had over 100 hunters uh, they raised a lot of money two nights of banquets mm mm-hmm. um I would highly recommend that to anybody uh, that's interested in, in getting that taste of South Georgia.
0: Another thing that you have going on that um, is unique, maybe not com- completely unique around the country, but it seems like there's a little more momentum is around university-based chapters. You've got uh, Clemson chapter, you've got Georgia. You get, is it South Georgia that's a chapter as well? Georgia Southern. Georgia is Southern. A, they're,
2: yeah. they're about to start a chapter. Yeah. Um, there's another there's another college that's called Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College, ABAC, as we refer to it. Mm. Um, they're about to come on board too in South Georgia. So, you know, we're uh, and we're we're actively working with the uh, Florida State. Uh, university is group. your daughter part of that chapter? No, you know she could come back as a uh, as an alumni, I guess. But uh, I could. Twist oh, she her arm.
0: completely graduated. She um, is, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, she she could. <laughs> she's about to go back and work on her master's right now, right? so we may pull her back into the fold there. Uh, what,
0: what do you attribute the kind of the college chapter interest in Quail Forever that exists down here? Because it is, uh, you know, there, we have had an Iowa State chapter for a number of years. There's a few in North Dakota. It's, it looks like we got a South Dakota State one happening so they're, they're he- here and there but your region seems to be the hottest for college <clears throat>
2: chapters i think um, it's volume i mean we we get these kids who grew up going to they've got ties with pheasants forever mm-hmm. or they've got ties with quail forever they went to these banquets growing up as a kid or, or somehow they went to they went to a shooting event one day and and uh and when they get somewhere local and they hear about, you know, what's happening and they hear that quill forever is possibly going to do something there, yeah. they're on board with starting a chapter. So I think it's a way that's kind of, that circle has been completed a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know i mean they've got me as a rep i feel like i'm about 22 <laughs> years old and you know i look like i'm 70 but feel like i'm 22 so set so that energy in and we can make some stuff happen at a college
0: so let's give that list again in case uh we got listeners that maybe maybe they got kids or relatives that are going to some of these universities where do we have chapters in the southeast and then where do you want to get a chapter started
2: Oh, man, we need chapters
0: everywhere. Yeah, we? no, well, no, no. No. but what's yeah, your, yeah. your low-hanging fruit? Because uh, start with where we got them. You said uh,
2: University yeah. of Georgia. University of Georgia. Uh, we have uh, one at Clemson University. Yeah. Um, and we have, we're have we about to start one at Georgia Southern and ABAC. And we're also working on Florida State University okay. right now. So if you've got a kid in that area you yeah. know, and you want to get them involved, there's, it's real easy. Um, you can reach <clears> out to me <clears> or you can – you could reach out to those chapter guys, and they'd love to have some, some extra volunteers. Any
0: other uh, colleges or universities that you got on the hit list for yeah. North Carolina, South Carolina?
2: Yeah, I, I'd love to have something going at Duke. Um, NC State would be great, too. Hmm. Um, and uh, we have been talking with some folks at the University of Florida. They've got a great program down there. And, uh you know it really doesn't matter where you're at is it tend to be around wildlife um wildlife
0: colleges within the university de- you know departments i think a mississippi state would be a natural right that, that, would, get...
2: that would be great yeah. um our university of georgia chapter you know uh, we got dr james martin there um when you've got a strong when you have a strong staff presence on yep. on your your faculty that that makes that transition and having a college chapter even that much better because they've got that support there. Sure. Uh, it also helps to have local chapters that are nearby that can kind of help out with events and and uh, but these kids, man, they're smart. They they don't need a lot of guidance as far as the business end of it goes. Sure. Um, it'd be great if some of our other chapters took the approach that some of these college kids do too. They they're really good at what they do.
0: Well. It- it, you know, I didn't uh, intend to focus on colleges, yes. but it's a good, you know, it is something that there's momentum around down here. B- beyond the colleges, what are some of the, and we talked a little bit about the Al, uh, Albany, I'm sorry, Albany. Teach them right? how to say it. Albany. Hey, teach them,
2: there you yeah. go. Albany. It's Albany. It's Albany. That's, that's how I've always known to and say the, it.
0: And <laughs> that's what, been one of our strongest Quail Forever chapters for, you know, decade, right? Yes. What are some of the other um, chapters that are really strong in your region? And then give us, uh, you know, markets or, or communities that you're looking to start chapters down here.
2: So the, the South Florida Flatwoods chapter, they're in Puna Gorda, and they were, they were like the number eight quail forever chapter uh, ever started. It, what makes these guys so strong is, is their, uh, I mean, all the dollars that they raise goes into Habitat. Yeah. and That's and the
0: Babcock web, isn't
2: it? You got it. Hey, you
0: pretty surprised I that know you I'm, Northerner I, got look, that? Look,
2: if the marketer doesn't know what's going on, then <laughs> they, nobody does, right? I'm not surprised at all. You're a smart guy, Bob. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Babcock web, they spend those dollars locally on the web. And uh, those guys, man, they're so passionate about everything they do. Uh, and then the, the other thing they do their outreach they've got an incredible outreach program they work with the uh, they work with the youth hunting program of florida and they put on about six youth hunts a year and they put on this monster this monster youth day with well they have 800 people show up to it so they've got a passion for getting kids outdoors getting them involved in shooting sports and hunting and uh, if I was going to place a gold pin on anyone's shoulder right now down there in Florida, it would be, uh, it would be my Punagorda Gorda chapter. The and Flatwoods I remember guys. writing
0: that press release when that chapter started. I believe the gentleman's name was Nigel. Yes, right? Nigel he, Morris. He was from, is he from South Africa? He, he moved to Florida and, yes. and started. Yep,
2: yeah, those he, guys. Great guy. They are. Super nice. Yep, Nigel, Scott Ford, uh, Ron Gulau. They are, uh, that's the glue that holds that together yeah. down there. And, uh, you know, we got a Red Hills chapter in Tallahassee, too. Um, these guys came out of the gate strong, I mean, as good as anybody. Uh, I'd, I'd pit them against any chapter I've got. Well, that's and in your backyard, too. It, it, it ought to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not a very good rep if they're not strong. <laughs> right. right? Um, those guys have done some great stuff. You know, we, we've got the a partnership with Florida uh, Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Georgia Department of Natural Resources and Tall Timbers and mm-hmm. and that partnership is called the the Florida Georgia Quail Coalition. And with that being in the backyard, you know, my chapters raise dollars that make contributions to the coalition and we take those dollars and and uh we focus those dollars on quail habitat on public land. So with my Tallahassee chapter right there and and uh, Tall Timbers, you mm-hmm. know, in Tallahassee, it's a great fit. Um it, it would it just that partnership and that group of volunteers makes it really strong, hmm. and it's only getting better. My Southwest Georgia chapter, obviously, you know, the Quail, Quail Forever chapter of the year this year, yep. uh, they're a big part of that. Uh, and i got to slap my my uh, Cordeal chapter on the back, too. My Flint River guys, a couple of years ago they had the highest membership yep. in the country. For uh, Quail Forever. For Quail Forever, yep, they no. did.
0: I think they won twice, didn't they? They, they did, yeah. yeah they I did. mean,
2: and, and, man, those plaques are, you know, um, that's a big deal it is a big deal yeah yeah it is um i'm excited we've got chapters you know in uh, north georgia Uh mm-hmm. we've got a great atlanta chapter they're about to really get in the mix there and uh we've got chapters in um in uh we we have four chapters in south carolina um and uh right here in charleston i mean we've got a we've got a chapter here that we're working on you know, identifying some new volunteers mm-hmm. to help them come in with their fundraising efforts. And the work that Tim Long and his guys have been doing, you know, on the Francis Marion here is, it's is second to none. And the Francis Marion is
0: the, the – is it a national forest or a state forest? Yes, sir. Na- yeah, national. national yeah. forest yeah. that uh, um, the low country chapter has been putting money in to do habitat work. Uh, for years. For years, and if you're looking for a place to go chase uh, wild whites or – timber doodles (laughs) it's a good place that uh you know you can take a trip down to the to the south for a little bit of a spring break and um and find some birds
2: that's right yep the work they've done there is incredible and the partnerships that they've developed here on the ground have been pretty incredible too
0: and then just north of here we've got uh um another we got a um, Farm bill biologist with the U.S. Forest Service too.
2: Yeah, Kyle Lunsford, man, having him on board here has been great, and uh it's like, um you know, you you just staff are invaluable, mm-hmm. especially in an area where you're trying to grow, and uh and the work he's doing and the partnerships he's creating and developing, or you, you can't you can't put a price tag on that. So, so. give us a
0: couple of communities that uh, folks are listening. That we want to start a quail forever chapter and and uh, you know they reach out to you. At.
2: Yeah. So you know, in next month we're actually uh, we're we're looking at starting a chapter in Gainesville, Florida. Kay. So I'm going to start in the in the deep south and then work mm-hmm. my way up. Sure. Uh, Gainesville, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Um, we have Columbus on the list, Augusta and Savannah in Georgia. Sure. Uh, we're actually. Uh, likely to start a chapter in a town called Carrollton, georgia which is just west of atlanta okay um moving into south carolina we've got a chapter start coming up in aiken which is not far across the line from augusta hmm. um and then in north carolina we yeah i actually talked to a man yesterday in in northeastern north carolina that's interested in starting a chapter there hmm. now, we've got a couple new chapters up there um you know, in uh, in Mooresville, North Carolina, and then we've got a brand new one in Raleigh. Those guys are—it's a young group of guys. They're not a college chapter, but they're, they're they about. Could, they're, could be. <laughs> yeah, they could be. They're about to be a. Uh, they're a force to be reckoned with. Nice. Man. So, I'm excited. Um, it's been a a treat to be able to do this, and and uh, you know the the support from Tim and everybody else at the home office to go out there and just get stuff done has been. Yeah. Chapter. Incredible.
0: I mean, it, it really is that it's been the model of the organization from 1982 on, right? Yeah. Uh, we need chapters. So if you're listening out there and you're like, you know, it's time for me to get involved, get back, and have a fun time too,
2: right? Meet yeah. some new people. If We're not going to have a good time doing it. Then we don't need to be right. doing it. The,
0: that's the recipe. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. You know, fun is a big component yep. of this. Um, if if you're listening and you're in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, or Florida,
2: how do folks get a hold of you? Yeah, they can um, They can email me at kbarker uh, at org, or they can call me at 850-251-0638. All right. Well, uh, um, if you're
0: listening in the, that four-state region, uh, prepare to have a good time because Kenny laughs an awful lot. Yeah. Uh, he likes to drink beer, and uh well, actually, you were drinking more bourbon than beer this weekend hey man winning in Rome, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah, and uh he likes to do good things for bob white's um uh, uh let 's jump to to Tim a little bit um we, we talked a lot about the four states in the southeast, but you're you got a real broad vision of what 's going on with quail mm-hmm. forever um and you're responsible for putting a ton of new quail forever biologists out there on the landscape. Give, give us an overview, kind of taking it, the baton from Kenny on the four states and going beyond that.
1: Yeah, Bob. There's a lot going on. Um, uh, I'll start with I'll start with the southeast, and you know, down this way right now, we uh, we were just fortunate. Um, we were awarded a grant that we applied for the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation. And we got that grant um, for the Working Lands for Wildlife program. And in the next, oh shoot, you know, in the next 45 days, we're going to put 15 biologists and a program coordinator on the ground in the quail range. It's going to be incredible. We got new positions coming in Missouri, Arkansas, Ohio, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and New Jersey. And we are excited about it. Fifteen on the ground biologists, working with landowners, state and federal partners, um, doing everything they can to put put bobwhite habitat on the landscape.
0: And, and uh, it kind of the genesis is bobwhite populations. A lot of folks know that the populations have crashed over the course of you know, nineteen eighty on. They've been struggling, yeah, yeah. And it, so this working lands for wildlife. Um, this initiative is built off the concept of the sage grouse initiative, isn't it? Or similar similar components?
1: Yeah. So basically, we're working with landowners um, that have have property they make a living off of, and we're just helping them, you know, tweak their management plans and um, create wildlife habitat as a byproduct of how they're managing their property. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's they can they can they can create wildlife habitat. They can you know, help create clean water, put native vegetation on the ground and still make a living off their property.
0: So g- give us an example of, um, you know, somebody that's uh, Oh, what would they be farming? They'd be farming soybeans in Missouri. Sure. What, what, um, what can they do on their ground through this program to, um, also help quail?
1: Um, we, the biologists will come in, um, sit down with them, look at their property and figure out, um, more than likely some federal farm bill programs that will will they have incentives tied to them um, for taking a little ground out of production just trying to take a look at their farm plan see see you know some of those edges some of those wet areas things like that that maybe aren't producing that well like you know look at their look at their their yield data and say hey you know these edges of these fields around these fence rows this waterway whatever it may be the um you know your your bushels per acre is not what it is up on top. Like once you look at putting this into CP33, mm-hmm. you know, and which we we refer to as the Bob White Buffer Program, and just put a put a field border along here of native vegetation, and uh, quail love edges, you know, everybody knows that I mm-hmm. think, and uh, especially in the grassland areas, um, and that will actually boost their production in the middle ground because it takes those low producing acres off. So as a whole, their yield per acre increases because their they're farming the best and they're putting habitat on the rest and i think those are the kinds of things that these biologists can come in talk to somebody show show it to them on paper Um, Show them what it makes you know dollars and cents are out of it, Mm -hmm. and uh, get them signed up, and walk them through the process. And I think that's another big thing um, our staff does is they they don't just tell them what they ought to do and go home, you know, or leave. Um, They'll they'll take them all the way through the process from start to finish, help them with the paperwork, everything, whatever's needed to get them in that program and put those acres on the ground.
0: So that sounds you know to our Pheasants Forever members, that's going to sound real familiar, right? The, The Missouri way of adding quail. Yep. is pretty similar to the nebraska way yeah. of adding feathers yeah. right it's, it, yeah it's yeah
1: it's they're 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 definitely they're definitely a complex a more complex bird i would say i mean it takes a lot to have quail on your property but you're right it's it's uh a, it's a, it's that's a it's a agriculture community right. where you're putting grass on the ground and you're making birds
0: so so let's drive further south to yep. to um, south georgia because yep. it's
1: going to be different. Absolutely. Um, the Working Lands for Wildlife Program has a couple of components to it: the Pine Savanna Management Region, and then the Grassland Region. So as you go south, you get down into, get down into the Carolinas, Georgia, Florida. You know, it, it is Pine Savanna Region, and um, it's funny. You know, people don't people up north or in the Midwest they don't think of a, a bobwhite quail as a woodland bird. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's it just it doesn't even sound right when they say it. But you come down here and you have this longleaf pine ecosystem, or pine plantations pine savanna areas and if you if you if you run through if you run fire through it on a good schedule if you uh if you if you thin the trees down enough to where you have good vegetative growth underneath and you're doing good prescribed burning you you suddenly you have quail as a byproduct mm-hmm. of the way you manage that manage that forest because you have the early successional growth and 50 percent bare ground that the birds love you know and you have the native vegetation and species out there a lot of times by just good management and not planting anything at all mm-hmm. but you have the desired habitat that they they like and i think historically um when we had more birds um it was just it was natural fire that was doing that you know and now we tweak things a little bit we manage it we get it where it needs to be people can still make good money off timber but they can have bob whites too yeah and um you have you know you have plantations down here that are they're making a good living off that they they have revenue coming off their timber but they also have some pretty big hunting operations too and it's all coming out of the same the same you know it's all coming off the same acre
0: you know it, it, when we talk about um, uh, our pheasant habitat work up north we point to all the other things it's benefiting, right? Butterfly, sure. monarch butterflies, and and honeybees, and you know, songbirds, songbirds like dick sizzles oh, yeah. and bobolinks. When mm-hmm. you think about quail habitat in uh, the southeast, tell tell us a little bit about some of the other species of wildlife <laughs> that are. Be- and yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. no, you're, no, no, it's, you're, no, you're giggling because no, no, like no, you're hundreds right. Hundreds of them, it, right? there, there is, and, and we talk a ton about all the benefits. In the pheasant range from the sure. habitat work we're doing, tell our listeners a little bit about what else beyond quail and quail hunters are benefiting from all that habitat work we're
1: the, doing. The first ones that come to mind, and now this is this is Kenny Stomping Drown, so you correct me at any time if I say something wrong. But the the, the top ones that come to mind are like the red cockaded woodpecker. Mm-hmm. I mean the the longleaf pine. You know, quail habitat work we're doing is a perfect is a great overlap with that helps out the. You know, the red tar- or the yeah, cocktailed woodpecker. And then also the gopher tortoise. I think that one's a, a huge one, you know. It's just an amazing animal and um same same overlap.
2: Yeah, and it um you know, along with that go the indigo snakes. Yep, I was just that antics, one, I mean yeah. the I you know, the eastern diamondbacks. Like yep. what here when you run fire through your property uh and it's managed correctly, um it's uh, if it's good for the bob white, it's good for everything else in the woods, mm-hmm. uh, but specifically those RCWs, indigo snakes, gopher tortoise, um, it really impacts those guys, and, and
0: that's what I like. I sort of simplify the working lands for wildlife to that kind of web of life mm-hmm. sort of analogy because you think about um, that natural resource conservation service, the USDA has said okay, we. We're looking at bobwhite quail as sort of the canary in the coal mine for a weak ecosystem. And they've pointed out two different areas of the country that the bobwhite, if we can improve habitat for the bobwhite, it's going to have a ripple effect across all sorts of species that will make it healthy and help landowners at the same
1: time. Yeah, I I truly think that the bobwhite is a fantastic indicator species when it comes to looking at, the health of your forest or grassland management Mm -hmm. if you got them you're doing it right tell me about bob whites
0: what uh what for you kenny you know that when you you start talking about coil hunting a covey rise bird dogs like you know we we all work here because we care about the mission but there's there's an automatic spot smile on people's faces that (laughs) you know truly like you can feel that the tingle in your heart when you start talking about a bird
2: yeah what what is it why bob whites for you for me i I came to hunting later in life than you know i mean my kids have been hunting with me since they were old enough to walk around the woods but that wasn't the case for me so later on in life maybe i had a greater appreciation for it on the first time i actually went on a quail hunt um that covey rise is it's like nothing else Mm -hmm. i mean uh when those dogs are on point, I mean, and we're not even talking about the dogs, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much that goes into it; um, it's it's overwhelming. Uh, but when those dogs are on point, uh, and you you think you're ready to shoot, uh, and then those those birds explode, it, it's I don't know. It, there's nothing. <laughs> I, my wife's family has been in the fireworks <laughs> business for you know two decades, and and uh, I've had some pretty exhilarating experiences with fireworks. And uh, I would, (laughs) I would compare, um, you know, shooting, shooting a finale with, you know, 600 shells in it uh, and being 20 yards away from it to, you know, a a covey rise, your first covey rise. It just, there's nothing else like it. Being in the woods, uh, watching the dogs work. um, Whether you're on a plantation on horseback, you know, whether you go to, you know, a you know, another uh, preserve operation or or whether you've got you and your buddy and a pair of dogs and you're trying to kick up some birds on public land, man. When they come out, um, it, it's, a, I don't know, it's hard to explain, yeah. Tim.
1: Uh, you know, the, the, the easiest way for me to explain it is it just, it never gets old for me. Yeah. Every time I go, I'm as excited as the first time to see those birds explode like that mm. I've, i watched my i got a pointer this last year i've always had flushing dogs i love them both i'm not even here to debate the difference <laughs> or what i like about either one i like them both but when the, when when you can read your dog whether it be a pointer that goes on point or you see your flushing dog get birdie and you know what's about to happen and i come in on that dog with my gun you know ready for a toughie rise, even though i've been there you know a thousand times before I am no less excited the next time as I was the first time. I mean, it is just that incredible for me. I get about half nervous and excited at the same time, and then those birds explode everywhere, and I do my best to try to kill one, yeah. you <laughs> know, and it uh, it just never, ever gets old for me.
0: You know, you guys have both worked for um, the organization or in, or in conservation mm-hmm. for a couple mm-hmm. decades now. Yeah. What's... Um What's your signature moment? What are you the most proud of accomplishing through uh, through your, through oh, your time with the organization?
1: I've gotten to do um, a ton of things here that I always hoped and wished and dreamed I could do. But for me, working for this organization and getting to work with people and volunteers and chapters and coworkers like Kenny and getting just to to make a living – getting to be with those people that love the same things you do and care about them as much as you do is is a dream some days, you know, I mean more days than not it's, you know, I feel very very fortunate to get to do that but what I, what I love the most about it right now is I truly think putting together agreements like this Working Lands for Wildlife Biologist program, things like that are landscape level projects across the country across the quail range working with a ton of partners are those landscape level things that are gonna move the needle the right way for Mm. quail and to get to do that every day is 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 incredible it's just i don't know what else to say about it it's just um i truly think at the rate of speed we're going we could get ahead of the decline and bring it back the other way Mm. And, and and that means the world to me because you, got, you only got so much time, you know, here. And if you can leave it better than it was when you got here, you know, sent the right direction while, you, while you're, you know, in the middle of your career, I think that's it's pretty great. It, the two are connected,
0: right? The two questions where you know, why do you love quail and what's your greatest accomplishment? I mean, that, they're absolutely always intertwined. You know, it just yeah. when you care so much about something and you get to uh, work on it every day when you achieve success – that's the greatest feeling of all. Yeah. Uh Kenny, what what jumps out to your mind, of uh, what you've accomplished?
2: You know, my first uh, six years kind of in the conservation world, I worked with um with Bo Turner in, in the state of Florida, uh and NWTF to um we we opened this youth facility hmm. and uh and also ran the youth hunting program. So getting getting those kids their first experience, shooting a bow or a shotgun or a rifle, uh or you know, getting them involved in the summer camp, um, getting them on their first hunt, whether it be a squirrel hunt, a deer hunt, a turkey hunt, whatever. Um, though We, we help create memories that are going to last a lifetime, right? So that's, that was pretty, some I think, something I did that was pretty impactful um, with a lot of people. Uh, and then moving on from there, becoming a rep, you know, I'm able to work with volunteers to raise these dollars, to do work on public lands, and I mentioned it earlier my grandfather said if it doesn't matter you know it if it doesn't make a difference 50 years from now you know why why are you doing it Mm -hmm. and uh I feel whole you know 100% that by working with these chapters raising these dollars that you know little old me from Monticello Florida I'm able to impact you know four states Mm -hmm. and could help uh help move the needle you know in the southeast and and that could carry over into someplace else and man that's a it's like those birds explode, and it's almost yeah. overwhelming at times, so so if somebody wanted to
0: um uh, quail hunt public land in the southeast, it's not something that's talked a lot about yeah you know, what are what is your DIY do-it-yourself tips for the listeners out there to um, w- even if th- you know the the locals, they don't do it, right? And w- what would you tell yeah. them? like okay it's it's possible. Go sure. do this.
2: Yeah, the first thing I do is reach out in one of these chapters, one of these yeah. local chapters. You can find them on the internet. Those guys, they will talk quail all day long, and and they're going to point you in the right direction too. They may not give you that <laughs> pen drop, but they're gonna they're gonna point you in the right direction. You know, you can go down to South Florida uh, to Punta Gorda. You can go, you know, try and catch tarpon in mm-hmm. Boca Grande, and and you could go try and jump on the web for a day and and uh, chase some wild birds over there. And it's like nothing else. Yeah. Um then you could move north to into Georgia to the or you could move north into the Apalachicola National Forest just south of Tallahassee. And uh and you can find birds there too. Uh and I, it's not crowded either, man. That's a, and you got the Chicksaw Hatchie in South Georgia, you know. I mean there's 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 a lot of opportunities in the southeast that kinda get overlooked and there's some assumptions out there too that you got to hunt a plantation for that experience yeah. or you got to pay, you know, to go on a preserve. And if you reach out and you network, you can find those opportunities. Um, there are definitely, you know, opportunities to be had. Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing I see um, after working down here for a
1: while and getting to bounce in and out and visit with Kenny and chapters is that if, uh, you know, a lot of people are afraid to go somewhere the first time because mm-hmm. they don't know what they don't know. But if you do a little homework, talk to some chapters, you online, look at some forest service maps, see what public lands are available the state has. There's a lot of different quota hunts you can put in for that if you do get drawn, um and, and and there are areas where they have to have quota hunts so they don't get overrun by hunters there's only so many acres and so much resource there and they want to protect it and keep it an enjoyable experience for folks but it's free mm-hmm. i mean you put in for a hunt and if you get drawn you you're guaranteed a good spot but then there's public lands around and and forest service is a huge opportunity they got they got a lot of public land and if you know load your dogs up and come down and work for it go for a walk you know you're gonna you're gonna fall down you're gonna go to places you're not gonna find birds but it's just like anything else after you do it a couple of times you get better at it every time you do it and you'll start to learn what you're looking for and, and you can find birds on public land
0: do you ever get calls do people call you oh and yeah. Say it? yeah do they oh yeah okay because yeah. i know like you talk to our south dakota rep or nebraska reps you know and like oh you know Beginning in August, their phone is ringing off the hook with places to go. But I'm curious if you know, yeah, my members no. are calling and saying, hey, I'm heading to North Carolina, point me in the right direction. Yeah,
2: yeah, and, and I, I point them towards the chapter leader every time. Yeah. Um, they've got the local knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it, the phone rings, the, the emails come in, mm-hmm. um, you know, right before the fall starts and then sure. right again after the first of the year. Uh, and then later on they call right before the spring is like, Hey, uh, what about those turkeys down there? You know, we're, we're going to get an Osceola at, you know, something like that too. So uh, we talked to the same guys, you know, quite a bit. So I,
0: I mentioned in this very opening that we're at the, the Southeast wildlife expo, Southeastern wildlife mm-hmm. expo in Charleston, South Carolina. And I believe all three of us have attended for the very first time, True. right? Correct. Um, well, any impressions that struck you as um, interesting or unique about this event here in Charleston?
1: And for me, I, and I, I like to eat. You know, <laughs> and we have not talked about it yet. This has got to be some of the greatest food in the world, especially if you live in the Midwest and you like seafood. I mean, <laughs> good grief! But I, I mean, we've been here for three days now, and I have not eaten anything that was shy of being incredible yeah. i mean even breakfast at the hotel they had shrimp and grits i mean come on yeah. the food has just been spectacular
0: yeah we had we attended a ducks limited oyster roast uh with 1800 of our best friends and, <laughs> uh, and that was that was a great experience uh, oh, kudos yeah. to the local chapter here for putting on a really fun event no and, doubt. uh you know we all bellied up to the oyster table yeah. and, and uh, grabbed a <laughs> a shucker knife is that what you would call you it call it that, what eh? would you
2: call it just a knife oh come <laughs> on now yeah there's no <clears throat> you know there's nothing fancy about okay
0: it. And, and and you told us how to do it find that little seam and pop that's right yeah. and then put a little sauce in there or not and uh slurp and it's good to go and you're in there <laughs> it was it was awesome i uh, i think Tim and I have eaten our weight in oysters in the last couple That's of no days. Kidding. I need to get
1: out of here. Yeah. I'm going to weigh 500 pounds. Yeah, yeah like no doubt. <laughs> all
0: you can eat, uh, Ducks Limited Banquet, and we uh, we got our money's worth. <laughs> That's for sure.
2: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so the food has been really, really incredible. It has, yeah. I think, too, you know, Charleston, it's a it's a pretty awesome town. There's a lot of history here. Mm-hmm. It's right on the water. Um and it's kind of like quail hunting. You know, it, it can be a little overwhelming at times. Um, it helps to have that local knowledge. Um, getting in and around the city, uh, knowing where the, you know, best spots to go eat are. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we had some help with that this weekend, too. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I should say that the purpose for the visit is we're checking it out as a, a destination for Quail Forever opportunities to grow the organization, and you know there there's definitely a lot of like-minded folks here that care about Quail, Quail habitat. Our friends at the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources yeah. uh running a booth, and we we visited with them, and um, there's a lot of passion, a lot of good good folks here in this state that uh, mm-hmm. want to do good things for quail habitat
1: they do there's a there's an incredible south carolina uh bob white quail initiative here that we're we're proud to be a part of we're a player in that game with them and like you said department of natural resources tall timbers like everybody's just working together to save the you know bring back the whistle is what i believe their sign says mm-hmm. you know and it uh it's just a great a great team effort and we're we're happy to be a part of it and happy to stop in here and show our support. And what's,
0: uh, what jumped out to me is South Carolina is one of the states, there's probably a dozen states that have state dogs. Right. Uh, I believe Wisconsin is the American Water Spaniel as a state dog. Minnesota, believe it or not, is trying to put uh, – there's a piece of legislation moving through Minnesota right now to make the black La- or the Labrador Retriever uh, the state dog. <laughs> South Carolina's state dog is the Boykin Spaniel. And let me tell you what, you walk down on <laughs> yeah, Brittle the- Bank Park, which is one of the venues for uh, uh, seaweed, And there is no question what the state dog of South Carolina is, because there are Boykins coming out every different aisle. Right? There are hundreds of Boykins
2: everywhere. Yeah, Barber is the state jacket, and the Boykins are the state dog. If You don't have a Barber jacket here next year if you if you're not wearing one, you ain't anybody. I mean, it's. Yeah, I expect it's to see everywhere. you in one, Bob. I, I'm, I'm I don't know if I can pull it off, Kenny. Yeah, I think you can. We're going to have to lose some of that plaid, but you'll be, you're going to be all right. <laughs> can,
0: I, can I do a Stormy Cromer with my barber? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I don't know. That's like cross-dressing. I sort think, of. I you, think you,
1: the South Carolina Fashion <laughs> Police will call you on that one. I don't they know, might. You he, you're as you're long eating. as he works
2: on his tan a little
1: bit, he can pull <laughs> off anything. <down laughs> yeah. You know? I don't think you can wear a buffalo plaid with a barber and a stormy drone. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> I might have packed inappropriately for a visit to South Carolina. It's like negative 20 back home. And I, you know. Anyways, um, and the other thing that, you, you you know, it does say South uh, Southeastern Wildlife Expo, it is, it's an art show too. And the artwork in the community in this town built around art is um, uh it really is arresting when you see, when you look at some of the bird dog work and the quail work and there's artists here from Everywhere. bozeman bozeman montana to, to Pierce, south dakota minnesota and then uh, across the southeast people are here um and then the talent that's in this community for art is just off the
2: hook yeah there's some heavy hitters here thomas brooks uh andrew lee i mean these guys are all you know this is where they grew up at, yeah. and uh, they're they're putting out some pretty incredible stuff. And it just doesn't stop with the paintings, you know, or the drawings. It, you know, there they were uh, wormwood tables there yesterday. I mean, you name it. What yeah. if, if you're looking for it? It's it's here. A yeah. Great event.
0: Yeah, it w- it's been a lot of fun. Really interesting for us to. Take a look at it and see how Quail Forever can grow in, um, across the entire Southeast. We've got a great story to tell. You guys are doing amazing habitat with our chapters, and we're looking if if we have listeners out there that uh, haven't plugged in yet. Um, we we need you, uh, Tim. What what have we not covered that that is bubbling, percolating, um, tickling you uh, on the Quail Forever front uh, right now across across the entire Quail country
1: there's just there's a lot happening and a lot of it is um you know our partners and our chapters have been kicking in to a landscape level impact that we're we're going for with quail habitat restoration and we have everything from you know we have habitat strike team um in illinois we just um we're fortunate to get a grant there uh from the habitat stamp fund to renew it for another three years as well as add three more positions to it so we're gonna have five full-time people on the ground habitat specialists the job i started out doing Mm -hmm. um just doing everything they can for landowners to to put habitat work on the ground as well as talk to them about um having the state lease that lease their ground for for public access you know and um that's an amazing program new biologists coming on in southern illinois um you know we talked about kyle lunsford our co-op position here with the forest service uh, we're looking to duplicate that on other forests because of the the huge opportunity to to uh to put habitat on such a such a large scale projects but we have pro- we have positions of all shapes and sizes and kinds coming on over the all over the, the quail range right now we got a couple in Kentucky, one in Tennessee. We got the fifteen working lands for wildlife biologists coming on, uh five habitat specialists coming on. You know, it's 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 growing as fast as we could ever hope it could have because that's what it's gonna take to save the bird. Yeah. But in the last eighteen months we put just over fifty positions on the ground boots on the ground in the quail range
0: yeah that's you and you and chris mcclelland our guy uh, the south region it's director you you guys have been <clears throat> d- dynamic duo and uh, a force for quail forever related employees i mean if you if you look the organization quail forever started in '05, right so mm-hmm. now you know we we grew the first 10 years but the last 3 have been just a rocket yep. ship
1: the last couple of years have been We've grown more in the last couple than we did in the first ten. Mm-hmm. You know, and um we have we have rock stars that work for us all throughout the quail range, you know, they're helping us do it. It's definitely it is a it is a team effort, but the momentum is, is rolling mm-hmm. and we don't want to slow down. And everybody's on board helping, like I said. From our chapters are ticking in financially, mm-hmm. our state and federal partners, we've been successful at writing grants, we got like you said, we got people like McLean, I don't think he sleeps at night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but we're adding positions as quickly as we can and um we're attracting great young talent, which is not easy, but they're out there. And, you know, Tinny was talking about those Jenny was talking about those college chapters and making making him feel young again. You go to one of our <laughs> new employee orientations and I feel like I took a dip in the fountain of youth. <laughs> I mean we just got done having one and it's all those Fire eaters in there, ready to go, and it's it's special. It's, it's Fire like,
0: eaters, you've adopted Howard's term. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what
1: else to call them because they are. So they are this wild.
0: this could be uh, you know a um, stereotypical Saint Pierre long-winded question. So bear with me here. But when I was when I was uh interviewing Bill Palmer Tall Timbers about quail mm-hmm. at the end of the interview, I asked you know if you had a magic wand that you could. Um, do anything that you wanted to bring quail back um you know he said you know prescribed burning you know every two years prescribed burning is what's gonna to create quail across it it, particularly the southeast so i'm going to ask you a slightly different question that you know what would you do um for quail across the entire region and then part two of that if you could wave that magic wand what would you do for Quail Forever to help the organization grow to achieve that goal? Bob, this is like a whole other podcast. I know, is Dan Rather here, I mean, folks. holy yeah. cow.
1: You know, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Let me get that. you some now, water. I will say, you know, um, Bill Palmer's uh, answer, I think, is a great one that question. If you're looking at one... If you have to point at one management practice, but it takes a lot more than one. <laughs> but if you, you know, right. the most effective single practice, I'd say a prescribed. Yeah, because we you know. talked
0: a ton about prescribed burning and how mm-hmm. important oh, that yeah. is. For, and all the research points for to this, for prescribed that, burning.
1: For this part of the world, hands down. And, that and it was like,
0: no doubt that yeah. that was the right answer. Yeah.
1: As far as for the organization. <sighs> You know, I never settle. I never, you know, in my life, the way I work, the way I run, like I've always, I always want more. I mean, I just do. That's, I'm wired that more, way. More employees just, doing work. Just, yeah. I mean, I, I, I never, I never sit back and say, ooh, okay, good enough. You know, it's just not the way I am. But I, we are running wide open right now. And we are running wide open right now. And things are going things are going fantastic and I, I i love exactly what we're doing i just mm-hmm. want more of it yeah you know i mean honestly i don't I, there's no i wouldn't change anything if i could i'd just make more of it because we're we're firing on all cylinders we're doing everything i ever wished and hoped we could do and we're producing as well or better than i ever could have thought we could right now so
0: if i i kind of think about the bridge between Kenny's answer about having a chapter and a farm bill biologist in the same community, when those two things are humming together, oh, like it's, Katie bar the doors, right? It, like it, you can create habitat on public land, on private land, and <clears throat> your Bob boy Quail can explode in, in production.
1: They can, and you look at you look at states where we're fully developed, where we have. Um, and we're never fully developed but we're very very developed we have a lot of chapters we have a lot of biologists we have our education outreach specialists we have a state coordinator we have it all in place to where we're a one-stop shop for anything habitat you need mm-hmm. or to get your kids outside and unplug it is magical
2: mm-hmm.
1: um states like illinois nebraska iowa minnesota just immediately come to mind where you have the full meal deal i mean you can You can make a phone call, you can get online, and we can help you do whatever it is you want to do. We are now starting to do that. That's marching south. Mm -hmm. And that was what I've always wanted to do. I mean, when I was sitting in a tractor in Wisconsin putting habitat in the ground, it was great. And I was making wildlife habitat Mm -hmm. every day. But there wasn't a day I wasn't sitting in that chapter or in that tractor wishing I was doing it back home or down south. And then Quail Forever you know here came the opportunity yeah Yeah. and i called howard and said what do i need to do to help with that
0: and howard being howard vincent the president and ceo yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and um it was you know i remember having conversations uh how many chapters do i have to start to be down there you know and it was you know um those are fun times fun days and i still run at that level but i yeah, it was like I had a rocket under me when I was given the opportunity to go south and do quail stuff. It really just, it's, it's where my heart was, where I grew up, and um, and that doesn't matter if it's southern Illinois or it's southern Florida, like, it was just a quail hang tradition is what I grew up in, and. It means you, the world
0: to me. You say rocket, and, like, my mind immediately went to Ryan Diener in mm-hmm. Arkansas.
1: Yeah. Right? For, Incredible job. Right?
0: You know, I mean, because for has, the longest time, there really wasn't much happening related to Quail Forever in Arkansas. Yeah,
1: we just, you know, we didn't um we didn't have staff there right. or staff close to it. No, You know, it was nobody's full-time job to develop mm-hmm. Arkansas. But um, some of the folks, like you know john walson missouri um helped out by taking it on as a added load would run down there um maintain the chapters we had start new chapters when he could you know but it was a, it was an add on to his full i mean to his full time region but but all of a sudden but
0: credit him with getting it yeah, to the point well, right we absolutely
1: that, got it started and then yeah, and then all of a sudden we get one biologist first you know yeah. or you know ryan Deener has worked for us for some time but saw an opportunity to go down there and um you know, trying to create his own, like I was talking about, his own full meal deal. Full meal deal, you know. So he uh, he went down there. He took the the jump. He went down there and one biologist became seven biologists. 18 months later, you know, this this last week, Ryan Diener got the Natural Resource Conservation Serv- Partnership of the Year Award for the incredible program we've created down there in just 18 months. All the landowner contacts, all the habitat work they've done. It's absolutely amazing, and it's all happened because um, we have an amazing team down there and yeah. somebody like Ryan Dina, you know, to get it going. But also just that's our system, that's our program, and we're making a huge impact, and it happened in a little over
0: a year's time, you know. So I know that our partners and state agencies and, and uh, NRCS and – Um, National Forest Service, Mm -hmm. BLM. I know that folks are listening to this podcast and they're thinking, uh, you know, we want, we want the full meal deal in that's, our state, and we right. want to be there. You know, we, we, we want to partner. We want to create habitat for quail. Um, how do people reach out to you, and what's, uh, what are some of the first steps that that gets started?
1: Um, you know, a lot of that's happening right now. Um, our success stories are traveling around. It's a, it's a small world, you know. Mm-hmm. People are hearing things we're doing in their places, and they're – they're reaching out and asking they're talking to the partners we're already working with and trying to you know and eventually it gets to us and then we come in and and do whatever we can we're not we're not looking to come in and tell anybody what to do or what we're doing is better than what they are anything like that we're just looking to fill a niche whatever that may be to create a full circle um so we can help you do as much as you can for quail and quail habitat but um, you can jump on the web, you know, quailforever.org. We got a directory on there. I'm Tim Corin, give me a call. Tim Corrin, you... so,
0: uh, so email <laughs> oh, T Corin. spell it for
1: us. All right, bear with me here. I didn't do it, but this is my name. So it's T C A U G H R A N at quailforever.org. Okay. Or you can give me a call on my cell phone, 618 791 3909. I'd love to talk to you. Cool.
0: what what do we missed about the southeast uh or the quail range in in general that uh our listeners should know about that um um get them plugged in get them to join quail forever get them to attend a banquet what uh um, what what else is exciting out there we covered the ground
2: yeah and and what we're doing too is a, s- a sustainable model you know and that that's one thing we really haven't talked about as far as developing chapters is mm-hmm. What makes us unique is those chapters being able to retain the, you know, the profits off the event and to spend that locally. And, uh, you know, and that's part of that partnership development, too, you know, as, as our local chapters work with the yeah, that's a great the state point agency folks.
0: Because we take that, I take that um, for granted, that folks in the pheasant range know that, you know, when you're part of a Pheasants Forever chapter, that uh, you raise $30,000 at your local banquet in Stillwater, Minnesota, those chapter volunteers have 100% decision-making control over the dollars they raise. right? The, Absolutely. the, the membership dollars get to, sent to cover the cost of the magazine and, and to fund the organization. But those fundraising dollars kind of choose your own adventure for the world of pheasants. Well. Quail Forever listeners, same darn thing. That's right. You know, if you live in Tallahassee, Florida, you know, and you go to a banquet, those dollars remain under the control of that chapter to do the Florida-Georgia Quail Coalition, right. to do prescribed burning, to send to the head organization to do a legislative action, right, for... Uh, thinning and burning practices on on the farm bill to create CP 33 for Missouri landowners so that's an awesome point that I often take for granted that everybody knows but you run into it all the time people don't know that
2: going on three years that is the number one selling point when working with these volunteers is that they have control uh, and they can they can make those decisions independently and uh, I mean these guys know what they're going to they they know where those dollars are going to be spent before they ever even sell a ticket to their banquet yeah. or whatever event that Which they're doing. Which is terrific, it's right? A great because way. They, yeah. they the the motivation yeah.
0: is right in front of their eyes. If yeah. we raise these dollars, it's going to do that. And we're going to create more birds. That's right.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it, it is incredible how many people you talk to. And it is and it is uncharted territory to some extent. You know, we've had pheasant chapters for thirty thirty five 35 years up in the north. But coming down here in the new areas, you know, it, it's almost like it's hard for them to believe. Now, we have a smorgasbord of incredible things that we'd like you to spend them on. Don't get sure. me wrong. Whether that's, you know, f- a quail coalition or biologist programs, like we're, we, we're going to help you right. make the most of them. But at the end of the day, like, that is the truth. You know, these chapters form, they raise dollars, and they have 100% control of 100% of the dollars they raise. And no matter how many times you say it, I think people still some days don't quite believe it, like there's a catch somewhere Yeah, or yeah the yeah, only you know? catch
0: is you can't, you know, use those dollars to release birds. Yeah. The, the the money has to go into habitat or getting kids outdoors do the right thing yep. for We're treating species. wild
1: populations, uh, yep. you know birds and that's what we're trying to do as well as all the other wildlife it benefits don't right. get me wrong but yeah that's that's the only rule right there yeah but yeah come on board it's fun it's great it's rewarding we'd love to have you
0: well that was a good final point because i i take that for granted so thanks for making that kenny
1: Thanks for joining me, fellas. Absolutely. It's been yeah. Anytime you want to come here to eat some good food <laughs> and do this, right. I'm in.
0: Well, uh, folks listening that aren't yet involved with Quail Forever, um, please look us up on the website, quailforever.org. You can find a chapter locator. Uh, as we mentioned, Kay Barker, just like it sounds. Right. You can email Kenny, uh, figure out how to start a chapter and get involved with the chapter in the southeast. T. Corrin, he spelled it a few (laughs) minutes ago, which means I'm not going to. It's Uh, not spelled like it sounds. (laughs) You can uh, hit Tim up, plug in anywhere uh, Quail Forever exists across the entire country. Get involved. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. If you can't find us, well, let's just say you can find us. There you go. Uh, Find us all across the web. We need you. If you care about quail. You care about quail habitat, if you care about the gopher tortoise, get involved with Quail Forever. We need you uh, to make a difference. Uh, we have one day left to check out the Southeast Wildlife Expo, figure out how we're going to get more members of Quail Forever in South Carolina, uh, because we've got a lot of good partners here, including the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, who I know is going to listen to this podcast. So, so Michael, thanks for listening, buddy. Uh, everybody else, all the quail forever and pheasants forever members out there, um, thanks for listening to this episode of On the Wing podcast.